You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals, which I highly recommend you do for all the Royals updates. On today's show, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. Get 20% off that next order. We're going to talk about the Royals offseason and recap it because pitchers and catchers report this week. Baseball is back. I know it's terrible weather out there right now, but still, baseball is back in surprise. Arizona, we're a couple months away from opening day. Spring training is here, and I want to recap this offseason. I want to talk about what moves the Royals have made to this point and what moves the Royals can still make if they want to still make moves and add to this team, as well as catch you up on some news and notes from around baseball this offseason and talk about what's ahead on Locked on Royals. A lot to get to this week on Locked on Royals. It's a three-day week podcast right now in the offseason, but when the season ramps up and games start to happen, so we're looking at the beginning of March, we're going to move to five shows a week diving full force into this season. It is my second season covering the Royals on Lockdown Royals. The first season, a lot to learn from, a lot to grow from. It was a learning experience for everybody, including Major League Baseball, who only played the 60-game season. But this year, it's full force, and I appreciate everyone who has stuck with Lockdown Royals, and we're going to dive into year number two right now as spring training is upon us. So I want to recap the offseason, which we'll do so right now, The Royals started out by signing Michael A. Taylor to a one-year deal. They then followed that up with signing Carlos Santana to a two-year deal. And right there, immediately, you make an impact with Carlos Santana because Santana provides you stability at first base. It eliminates a platoon at first base. It's an everyday player. And Santana's big trait is getting on base. That's something that that the Royals have missed this entire last year. And for... A, a while now. They've missed a guy who can consistently and routinely get on base. What Merrifield's one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter in baseball, but he is the exception in this lineup. There's a lot of guys that do not get on base, a lot of guys that strike out. Not a lot of guys, though, who walk, even as what Merrifield's one of the best hitters in baseball. Still, Santana immediately provides you with more guys on base, and Santana does that for you. So I like that addition from College Santana. It's a two year deal. Mike Miner signed a two year deal to return to Kansas City. I think that Mike Miner shores up the back end of the rotation. And we'll talk about how you can even make that rotation better with more additions coming up this next week or two before we really get involved in in training camp and in spring training. But then the Royals took a couple flyers on minor league contracts with Wade Davis and Irvin Santana. I think that Davis has a legitimate chance to make the team and probably will make the team, which will give our roster projections later on. This week, but I, I like the way Davis addition. I think they gave a bounce back year like Greg Holland did. Irvin Santana, it's a nice little flyer for spring training. I don't think it's more than that. I think that he's not going to make this team out of camp. They re-signed Greg Holland to a one-year deal. They also signed uh, Hanser Alberto, 
with a minor league contract to play second base. Maybe he can sneak in there as a platoon for Nicky Lopez. I think you have to have a great spring to do that. I think that you have to have an amazing spring at the plate to be able to sneak onto this team. But he's someone to watch for moving forward and someone to keep an eye on in spring training. And then the big one, the big one last week that shocked everyone, including myself, because I had recorded three episodes last week before the trade. And then the trade happens and boom, we need the emergency pod and we need to hop on the mic with lockdown Red Sox and dive into what this trade meant. So there you got a bonus episode this week, because this week you already listened to the Pakota projection on Monday. That does not count for the three this week. That's just a free one because I don't want to throw it away, but I do want to give you three more episodes this week. We'll talk about what's going to come up on this week later on. But the trade for Benatendi was, of course, Khalil Lee going out and Frenchie Cordero going out and Benatendi coming back to Kansas City. Now, I like this trade more and more as the days go on. I think that he can really turn his career around still. And I think that he's already put the best foot forward when you, you hear him talk about what he's done. He's lost a lot of weight. And it's not like he had bad weight. I'm just saying that he's lost a lot of uh muscle weight that he put on to try to hit for power where that's not really his skill set and not really what his game should be about. If he can be a line drive hitter, gap the gap in Coffin stadium, play really good defense, then he can materialize back into that rookie of the year type player. He was a couple years ago in 2017. And if you're going to pair him with anybody to get better defensively, if he needs to be get better as a base runner, which he was atrocious as a base runner last year with Boston and the year prior with Boston, Rusty Coons is a great guy to pair him with. I mean, Rusty is going to get him in the best headspace and with the best skill set to run the bases, to play in the outfield at Coffin Stadium. I am liking this trade. Now, again, it puts a lot of pressure on next year. And a lot of these moves do. Listen to these deals again. I mean, two-year deal, Santana. Two-year deal, Mike Miner. You got the Benatendi under control for two years. You got him under control on that trade for two years. It's setting up for next year being the year. It's setting up for this year being at worst, a 2013 type of season where they're in the mix the whole year. I mean, we, everyone kind of knew that they wouldn't quite get there whenever they went to Seattle that weekend, but still they were in the hunt. They were in the mix. It was fun. This season has the, has the makings of a fun season that allows you to foresee the vision of in 2022, they're going to be really good. And a lot of these moves did that. So that's who they added back to this team. That's who they added to this team. Now, who did they lose? The aforementioned Frenchie Cordero was traded, and then, of course, Khalil Lee from their farm system goes away, the number eight prospect last year in this farm system. Now, they also have Michael Franco, who's a free agent right now, that has no home. Ian Kennedy, who's a free agent right now, that has no home. And then yesterday, they lost Mike Miner to the Mets, who just signed a camp invite minor league deal with the New York Mets. That's not a lot to lose for this team. And I don't want to make too much of this and put too much pressure, but the Royals have done it to themselves. They've talked about winning over and over again. Everyone is consistent in saying they want to win this year. And the moves align with that, right? Now, you're granted, you're banking on a ton of turnaround guys and bounce-back guys, but if they all bounce back, this is a special ball club. So why not get even more aggressive? And there's one key thing I think Kansas City can do to elevate this team from a fun little story to a legitimate contender for a wildcard spot. And that's by adding a relief pitcher. It's by adding a guy like Trevor Rosenthal. If you brought back Trevor Rosenthal on this team, it expands the opportunity for you. Because you look at this starting rotation, and if I can promise you that this bullpen's good enough to only allow Danny Duffy to go five innings a night, you know, five innings a start, or limit Mike Miner to, to six innings a start, 
that elevates what they can be in their ceiling so much more to that playoff contending team, especially in a very winnable division and a division in which does not have a, to, a, a total juggernaut. And again, I say winnable division. The Royals are not going to win this division. They're, they're not going to win the AL Central. But they can pick up wins even against the division leader. They can make dents in every single game that they play in. There's no unbeatable team here. The money has to go on Chicago. It has to go on Minnesota. But other than that, and even with that, even with the, the betting favorites being you know Chicago or Minnesota, the Royals can beat those guys on any given night. They're that competitive and that scrappy to where they can pick up and cherry pick wins in this division. Whereas in other tougher divisions, they might beat each other up and the Royals can elevate themselves into like a second wild card team in this season. Now that's not the expectation. That's not the goal. We'll talk more about expectations on tomorrow's show, but if you add a relief pitcher, this becomes a fun little story of training for Benetendi to Holy crap, this is real. Like, holy crap, they're actually going to contend. And it's an attention grabber. It's it's a it's a it's a move that will put themselves legitimately at the table of a wild card contending team. Because right now, they're just a fun little team. They're a fun little team that if certain things break their way, sure, they could be a wild card team, but they'll probably just show improvement and probably finish about five games out of the wild card spot. If you add a lockdown reliever or a high quality reliever like Trevor Rosenthal, it elevates your ceiling. And there's more than just Rosenthal out there. There's Tyler Clippard. There's Brandon Workman. There's David Robertson. This team, and, and I just put together my whiteboard, my whiteboard of my projected starting lineup and my projected rotation and the projected bullpen. When you write out what this team has in a division in which does not have a juggernaut team that sees you know Chicago incorporate a new manager, so that's a ton of overchange for them, that sees Cleveland lose Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco and Carlos Santana. When you see that overturn in Cleveland, when you see these things that, that come together as making each team beatable, and especially having a slow start maybe as the, as the Cleveland team adjusts to losing those guys and as you know Chicago adjusts to the new management, you've made enough moves to get yourself better than Detroit, I think officially on paper, better than Detroit without question. That only leaves Minnesota. Who the, the, the Royals played pretty well last year against Minnesota, by the way. Now, does that carry over to this year? Who knows? But they played really well against Minnesota. They can come, they can stockpile enough wins to get themselves a wildcard spot, especially if they add another relief pitcher. I'm excited about this team moving forward. I'm excited about what they are. And, and the best part about it is, that it's 2022 that is the must-win scenario, not this year. So this year, if they can just be in every single game and contend in every single one of them, then that's enough. That is enough. So that's what the moves have been made to this point for the Royals. That's the names that are still out there for the Royals to add. I want to talk about random news and notes regarding this team coming up and also tell you the jam-packed week we have ahead on Locked on Royals. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Bet online is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag is incredible. The fastest and easiest way to place bets on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets It's free to sign up for. 
head on over to the website or their mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. Again, promo code locked on at betonline.ag will get you 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So check that out and take them up on that offer. Now at builtbar.com, if you use promo code locked on, you're going to get 20% off your next order. They have six new flavors, camo brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Try them out today. They are a great health conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The Bilt Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Check them out right now, Bilt.com, because they're soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. My personal favorite has to be the Cookies and Cream Built Bar. It is to die for. BiltBar.com, promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on, 20% off your next order at Bilt.com. BiltBar.com, protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. So I want to wrap up today's show, but before I do, I want to talk about our good friends over at Locked On Today. The Locked On Today podcast has everything you need. Get more of the sport news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day off with the news that matters most in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast from. I want to wrap up the show with quick news and notes from the Royals and from baseball as we enter spring training. The first bit of news is, again, the 2022 moniker. I mean, all signs point to 2022 being the year, being the year that the expectation level is back. Like like the across-the-board, national, regional, everything, fan base, media, everything, is 2022 expectation level playoffs. Like, it has to be playoffs. It has to be some variation of that. You imagine in 2022 also, with the new CBA, we do get expanded playoffs. So that even more elevates it into, okay, you have to make it to the dance this year. There's a lot of pressure on, on this team, and you've got to see the signs of improvement this year. Also, we ran down all the moves. We ran down the, the Royals' ability to improve their roster for this Royals team. Take you back to those moves that they made. The moves the Royals made, they're one of the most active teams in baseball this year. The Royals were one of the most active teams in all of baseball this year. They didn't have to do that. If the Royals did what the rest of baseball did, and the Royals just stood pat and didn't care and didn't improve their team, nobody would have been up in arms about it. Nobody would have been calling for the ownership's head. Nobody would have been upset that they didn't make a move this year. Nobody's upset if they didn't trade for Benatendi. Nobody's upset if they didn't if they didn't go sign Carlos Santana. But they did it anyway. Now, could that be just getting cheap love from, from a new fan base with this new ownership group. Sure. It could just be a cheap PR stunt. Cause it, it obviously doesn't break the bank to go trade for Benatendi or go trade for any of these guys or sign Carlos Santana or even signing Mike minor doesn't break the bank and, and sure it doesn't impact the future all that much in terms of the pocketbook of the owner. But if you do believe it's not just this good PR move, which I don't think it is, then imagine how aggressive this organization will be in 2022 offseason or 2023 offseason, whenever this team is in that win now competitive mode and not that let's turn the corner mode. I think that's a good way to put it, that, that the Royals are not rebuilding anymore. Their Royals are in this turn the page mode. They want to go from rebuilding to competitive to contending. And right now they're turning the page over to the next chapter of competitive. And if it all goes well this year, then next year they'll turn the page over to the next chapter of contending, contending for the playoffs and then eventually contending for the World Series. This ownership group can prove that they're different if they keep their eyes set on 2022. Got to give them praise, got to give them love because a lot of owners in the MLB right now deserve a ton of hate 
and deserve a, deserve a ton of backlash of why aren't they doing more? Why aren't they even trying to put a more entertaining product on the field? The Royals are trying, and that sounds so silly, I get it, but the Royals are trying, which is more than most teams are doing. Also on the transaction log on MLB.com, Danny Duffy changed his number to 21. I, for one, missed this on the transaction log before, but apparently now he'll wear 21, which is going to be his third number in his career. Of course, he starts out with 23, then he wore number 41, and now he's going to wear number 21 for the Royals this year, according to the transaction log. Now, the spring training games, we've been talking about the key dates last week. Just note that they move those back to the 28th, so just one day different. The games start on the 28th. They're going to have two days off this spring training. And then at the end of spring training, their last game will be the 29th of March, which gives them two days off prior to opening day, April 1st against the Texas Rangers. One other tidbit for Kansas City is that the Royals are rumored to be talking about moving on from Jesse Hahn. So as we inch closer to that January 17th report date, we're seeing some moves get made, the twin signing shoemaker and things like that. So maybe you see Jesse Hahn moved before the 17th, but he's in trade rumors right now. And this week of Locked on Royals is jam-packed. Today, we recap their offseason. On the next show, we're going to talk with Sterling Holmes of ESPN Kansas City. We will dive into the expectation level for this team, the future of this team, and what you can consider a success this year on the field for Kansas City. And then we end the week with our pre-spring training opening day roster projection covering the lineup, the rotation, the bullpen, the bench, everything you need to know about what I feel as though the roster will look like. And we'll update that throughout spring training and, of course, have our final one right as spring training ends. Next week, it's time for baseball. Again, these games start on the 28th, and then we're back to five shows a week. This week, you're going to get four because you had the bonus Pakoda episode, which was recorded before the Benatendi trade. You're going to get four this week, three next week, and then we're back to five shows a week, and we're rocking and rolling for year two of Locked on Royals in season two with the Kansas City Royals, a full 162 this year, so that'll be fun to cover. So you will not want to miss what's coming up this week on Locked on Royals. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Be good, and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Royals.